0: Christmas we're still celebrating the gifts of Christmas and I know that probably all the gifts are unwrapped and opened maybe some of us received way too many gifts maybe some of us received not enough possibly some of us have already opened them and forgotten what we even received or at least wanted to forget some of things, some of the ones that we received but the slew of gift-giving is over and done for another year Maybe. In the Feast of the Epiphany, my brothers and sisters, we focus on the Magi, the wise men, the three kings that are in search of where the star will take them. And usually our imaginations are filled with the imagery given to us by the gospel, right? Three older men with crowns, nice beards, leading their camels, following this star. And the story kind of climaxes with them laying their treasures before the child Jesus, giving gifts to him. But I don't want us just today to focus just on the gift-giving of the Magi. Because I don't want us to lose sight of the great symbolism that's taking place all around this moment. That in addition to the gifts, make this gospel come alive for us. And really give us, give us something to meditate upon, to ponder. I think for us today, we are given a great gift, a great treasure as we listen to the gospel, as we celebrate this feast day. Three things I want to bring to our attention this morning. The first is where Jesus is born. The second is what the child Jesus lies in. And the third is what is brought to the child Jesus. We're told that Jesus is born in Bethlehem, that he lies in a manger, and that to him, two of the three gifts that are given are gold and frankincense. To one without faith, this is just a random series of events, but those with faith who peer deep into the mystery, something is coming alive for us. Why? Because the very city in which Jesus is born in, the city of Bethlehem, has a peculiar meaning. Because in Bethlehem, in Hebrew, means house of bread. In Aramaic, it means house of flesh house of bread, house of flesh. In addition to this, we hear that the child is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. What is a manger? A manger is a feeding trough for animals. It's where they put the food for the animals to eat. But this word manger in French, manger, means to eat, to eat. And so the child is born in the house of bread, the house of flesh, and he's laid in a feeding trough, the manger, to eat. Let's not forget about the two gifts given to him. The first one is frankincense. We hear that frankincense is laid in his crib, and for those unfamiliar with frankincense, it is a special incense that, when burned, has this powerful aroma and creates this thick cloud of smoke. But this is not your ordinary, ancient air freshener back in the day. Because it had one purpose, this incense. It was used in the temple for worship. That's where you would find frankincense. A gift fit for a priest. And then we hear that one king, one wise man brings gold. Now, I want to take some imaginative liberty just for a second with the scriptures. Because the scriptures don't tell us what that gold consisted of. It just says that he brought gold. And so I would imagine that actually that this wise man, this king, didn't just bring a bar of gold and set it at the crib. I think it's more likely that he brought something fit for a king. (coughs) Something that a king would use. And what did kings use back in the day but gold, bowls, in gold cups. They didn't eat out of plastic silverware, plastic bowls. Kings ate out of gold and drank wine out of gold. <coughs> a gift, my brothers and sisters, fit for a king. And may I say this, though. Maybe we can imagine that he brought him a gold chalice and a gold patent. incense in gold vessels, the very thing we use in the mass. So to sum it all up, the child Jesus is born in the city called the house of bread and the house of flesh. He's laid in a manger, the word which means to eat. He's laid in a feeding trough, and he has brought a priestly gift of incense and a kingly gift of a gold chalice and a gold pattern, a gold bowl, a gold cup. Now, with all this symbolism in mind, it's more than just symbolism. I think it is a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an intentional upon God's part that he foreshadows that he's not just being brought gifts. He's come to the world to bring it a gift to all the nations, to the whole world. What is this gift? The gift is his flesh and blood held within golden chalices and golden patens, all around the world in the hands of all of his priests. And this gift of his flesh and blood is honored by the burning of incense, creating this powerful aroma and creating a thick cloud of smoke. His flesh and his blood is laid upon the altar, the new manger, the new manger, to eat. This great mystery is not wrapped in swaddling clothes, it is wrapped in the swaddling appearance of bread and wine. This gift is the Holy Eucharist. In the first moments of his life, in the very moments when this child couldn't even hold up his own head, he's coming to bring a gift. He's coming to say, "I have come to give you my life, and he's going to do that on the altar of the cross." but then he's done that over and over and over again for centuries and centuries on the altar of every temple, of every church in the world that is named after him and built in his honor. The greatest Christmas gift we ever received is not the ones that we received 10 or 11 days ago. The greatest Christmas gift we have ever received is the Holy Year, Jesus Christ himself present to us. My brothers and sisters, it is the gift that is not given once, but a gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. And as we eat it, we do not lessen ourselves and become less than what we are, but God draws us up into himself so we can become more than we are, greater than we are. We become like God when we consume him. We become what we eat. It's a gift that we are given and we receive that God calls us to open over and over and over again. That is to say, to ponder, to meditate, and to contemplate over and over and over. The unbelievable mystery that goes from dwelling, sitting in golden chalices and golden patterns, that is transferred to dwell within our very bodies. To each and every one of you, my dear parishioners, I must say it's been my honor as your spiritual father, as your priest, to stand at the altar of God, to take the ordinary substance of bread and wine, to speak the very words of Jesus Christ, and to transform it into his extraordinary presence among us. It's my privilege to feed you with the word of God, but more importantly, to feed you with the bread of life. That opportunity. That each and every one of you it has been his gift to me as i have eaten the bread of life and shared it with you i have pondered it i have meditated upon it, i've contemplated trying my very best not to take it for granted not to take the very treasure of this gift for granted and i can think of no better way no better way than to leave this parish than to have the final celebration be the epiphany where I can exhort you and I can encourage you and I can ask you to never, ever lose sight of the great gift of the Holy Eucharist. To treasure it. To see it as a gift that you get to receive Sunday after Sunday. Because it is a sign of God's love for us that's constantly given to us because it is love become flesh. It is Jesus Christ himself. Love incarnate among us, present to us. And on top of that gift, the Holy Eucharist, my brothers and sisters, is the very way that we stay in communion. We stay united. I said to the children at my last mass in the school, and I say to you, my spiritual children, I will leave, but Christ will remain. Thanks be to God. He remains in the mystical body of his church, you. He remains in his priests, but more importantly, he remains in the great sacrament of his body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Eucharist. This is indeed my farewell, but it's not my goodbye. It's not my goodbye, because I will continually see you when I go in front of the Lord in the Holy Eucharist.